This is the podcast for March 26, 2010. It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. I want to first of all congratulate you, Drift Glass. Well, thank you. <laughs> on on what? What did I? Did on, you? On six years of blogging next oh, week. That's true. Six years of blogging. I six know. long and painful and itchy. <laughs> itchy. Wonderful itchy. Yes. <laughs> well, there was a lot of itchy. There was a lot of itchy and sticky involved. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Um, no, that six six long years of blogging. Six years as of March 31st. Congratulations. I wanted to share with you uh, this uh, article in the indie paper, our local indie rag, but it's syndicated from News Quirks by Roland Sweet. It's called The Last Straw. Police in Fort Lauderdale, Florida said Johnny Dossie, 43, reacted to a $70 water bill by dousing his mobile home with gasoline and then setting it on fire. A few minutes later, the home exploded. Neighbor Luis Alvarez, who said he heard Dossie arguing with his father about the bill, pointed out, I guess he got fed up with it, and that's the only way he saw out of it. <laughs> yes. I thought, wow, I know some progressives <laughs> like that. Why, yes. I know. <laughs> there, there was simply no other alternative. There's obviously. no other alternative except to blow up the mobile home. Yeah, well. With gas. <laughs> you, you've mixed, you know, you've mixed the... the Three elements of a great story, you know, A, B, and trailer trash. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> you know, I, who, add trailer trash to any argument. You know, you know what it's missing? You know what this story story is missing, though? Police believe alcohol was involved. <laughs> <laughs> Police suspect alcohol. Police suspect Absolutely. alcohol was involved. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Dousing. I, I just, I've had enough. Yeah. You know, and... You know, the passion of the moment can overwhelm your good judgment. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, it, it is hilarious when it involves mobile homes. Mobile homes and no one is injured. But I know what you mean. There's a, a certain element of... Shall we say all or nothing thinking? <laughs> yes. Burn it all down and start over. Yeah. Um, because everything is compromised and screwed up and sold out. <clears throat> that you know, tends to run through um, our side of the aisle, shall yeah. we say. But, would, you know, you, I, would you tell that story again about uh, an activist that you had lunch with? And that, oh, it was, it was an activist I knew years ago. Mm-hmm. An activist I knew years ago who was active in anti-poverty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very, uh, and, and this was a group of people, and, and the mentality ran right through them, and they were very passionate about their point of view. They had, they were on the right side of the issues. They fought for the angels. They, they were all those good things, which is why I was happy to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But their attitude when Bill Clinton came into office and restored, um, let's say 70% of, of what the Bush Reagan years had Bush taken. Bush one, away from, yeah. Bush one and, and, and the Reagan years had stripped from them because those were years when the poor were just brutalized mm-hmm. by the federal government, just abandoned and, and uh, demonized. 
Uh, Clinton came into office and restored a large part, but not all, of what they had had prior to Reagan-Bush. What this organization's agencies organization. and so forth had had, okay. Uh -huh. What many organizations had had. Mm -hmm. um, and they hated Clinton. They hated because him worse than Reagan because he was one of them. So they he should have given them 100% of what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. 120%. Yeah. Didn't he know what good work they did? Wasn't didn't he care about the poor? And how dare he, you know, compromise with absolute evil? And and it was they were single issue people. They they mm -hmm. there was it was my way or the highway. And unless you're going to give me everything I asked for, you are a, you're a monster. Mm -hmm. And you're worse because you you pretend to be my friend. Mm -hmm. Reagan never pretended to like the poor at all. Right. You know, he, right. He's the, as a you know a, a tackling dummy, and he used them, he blamed them for everything. So got that. But Clinton, we elected this guy, yeah. and he so sold. So he should do 120% of what we want, yeah. Or else, you know, and and one nickel short of that, and he's he's, he's the devil himself. Mm. And you know, and I, you know, there well, was hasn't no, it been that way with every Democratic president since forever? I mean, oh no, we've always we, you know, this is a new phenomenon, blue gal. <laughs> you know? You know, we've, we've had... There's this, no historical context whatsoever. No, we have a series of great, uh, noble, uh, far-left-leading uh, liberal presidents. Oh, that's right. All those radical liberal presidents yeah. we've had. No. Yeah, for, for uh, going right. back to um, um, before, uh, going back to Jefferson. Uh, you know, all liberal presidents have been uh, much, much more liberal in their actions and activities. No, every Democratic president. Has been deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, my personal favorite is Harry Truman. Mm -hmm. I, I think Harry Truman did, you know, great because he reminds me of my grandfather a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm biased in that regard. But he, he's also a great man. But he also set up the national security state. Yeah. He yeah. also created the CIA. Yeah. You know, I yeah. kind of like Eisenhower. You know, by by today's standards, Eisenhower would be a liberal. Oh, Nixon too. You know, same but, thing. But Eisenhower had this habit of, you know, overthrowing foreign governments. That yeah. was kind of a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, Roosevelt was, you know, was an icon. If if I could wave a magic wand and put, you know, Roosevelt in the White House, today I would. But I would put Eleanor in the White House. Yes, Franklin, first. <laughs> because, you know, Franklin Roosevelt had to be dragged into everything and, and, and compromised. He understood politics. He understood the need to sort of get everybody on board. And he had his own opponents. And he too often listen to the conservative members of his I wouldn't cabinet. make Eleanor Secretary of State, though. I have a lot of problems <coughs> with her foreign policy, but anyway. Yeah. But, but, but that's exactly the point. Yeah, there's we, that, no have, perfection even there. Right? There's, there, there's no perfection, um, but the question is, you know, we have a set of principles that we sort of all agree on, and we have uh, presidents throughout history who, who move more or less in that direction, you know, two steps forward and one back, or one and two back or whatever. Or eight back. Or eight back. <laughs> if you look at the past eight years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, you know? and, and the liberal presidents or the democratic presidents, because we've, we've not really had a liberal president since maybe since Roosevelt, um, that you could really call hardcore liberal because every one of them committed some tragic mistake right. or two or ten or sold out one principle for another. Or had or, a horrendous blind spot like Johnson with the yeah. war. I mean... Well, Johnson with, yeah, Johnson with, and Johnson understood. I mean, the price, look at the price you pay. Yep, yep. This is what we talked about um, the other day. The, the you know, yes, we got civil rights legislation. Yes, I wouldn't trade that for anything. But it, look what it cost us. It yeah, cost us. In terms us, of the South, in terms of segregation yeah. academies in the South, and 
the creation of, of, of you know, of the, the modern Dixon Republican Party, Party of Haiti. Modern Republican yep. Party. Yep. And, and that was the price. Yep. And that was always, that was always going to be the price. Mm-hmm. And there was no way to avoid, um, biting that bullet. You know, yep. we could have, we could have done with a lot fewer people being killed. Yeah. And we could have done with a lot more, um, people calling out Southerners for their bigotry to their face. Yeah. Rather than trying to play nice with them for far too long. And call, and when it morphed into conservatism and republicanism in the 60s and 70s, especially during the 80s, mm-hmm. we, sh- we should have pretend- stopped pretending, or we stopped um, calling it what it was. We stopped calling them out for their racism. Or, you know, well, and, and I would say also that a lot of the racism went underground. Yes, it got encoded. It got encoded as Christian and uh, a lot of other things instead of race right. because southern uh, societies recognized how bad that was for tourism. Right. And so, and having lived in Birmingham, Alabama for 11 years, I think I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Good for politics, bad for, bad for it tourism. Was bad, it was bad for tourism. It was bad for the, uh, you know, companies couldn't bring their conventions to cities where there were, there was racism. And, it's fascinating to me to see this kind of uh, zit pop. That's <laughs> sort of how I feel like this week has been with these bricks going through windows. And and this is an eruption of it's something that's been underground for, for decades. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are being, uh, they've lost a fight. That uh-huh. they, they were told they were going to win. They've been told for three years now that there's this Marxist conspiracy horrible, evil, anti-American thing that's coming to get them. Yes. And then, all of a sudden, that thing wins a victory. Yes. And so you got to fight back. And, and, by, you know, by any means necessary. Right. And, and uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an eruption. It's not something that's just sort of born out. It's been in embryonic state for a very long time. Decades. Yeah. And, and, decades, and decades. Been, decades. And it's been um, deliberately so. Yeah. This is not something that sprang up by accident. No. This is the result of 30 years of telling people, uh, you know, liberals are, are the devil. Are evil. Yep. They're out Democrats to destroy America. Yeah. The Democrats are evil. They yep. want to hate. They hate you. They want to kill your children. They want to make them gay when they don't kill them. Um, they, they hate America. They them in camps and re-educate and, them. And, and yeah. no pushback. And no pushback. At all, uh, virtually no pushback from the left. Well, no, and it's... It, this huge dividing line between the educated and the uneducated. Yeah. The, the Republicans that believe Obama is the Antichrist, none of them went to college. Let's uh-huh. face it. And, and the people above the education line find the find their you know their trolls yeah. and their yeah. their wingnuts yeah. really useful. Yeah. They're they're basically yeah. useful stooges who yeah. who you know who stuff envelopes and vote, and then they should quietly shut up and go away and let the grown-ups run the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the David Brooks Republicans. Look, yeah. you know, you were you, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for the, and so long, and thanks for all the fish. You know, yeah, we yeah. really appreciate you putting us in office. Now go away. Yeah, and, and, and don't show away. yourselves. Yeah, you're right. not one of us. You just vote the way we want you to. Yeah, and, and they've stopped hiding. Yeah, you know, the, the true face of the Republican Party has stopped hiding, and and this is why we can't talk to each other, because yeah. what what the Republicans see as the end of America, which is exactly what Glenn Beck said. Um, you know, the, the true leader of the Republican Party, Glenn Beck, said, this is the end of America. 
This is absolute, complete control over everything. You're going to start putting microchips in your head and telling you what to think. And make. And it's, you know, freedom is over. Your country's dead. Yep. That's what he is telling them this health care bill is. Yeah. Yeah. What do I see in this health care bill? A radically compromised, deeply flawed. Bowl of gruel. <laughs> bowl of a, a tiny, was, tiny yeah. incremental step forward that is that, yeah. that is way too friendly to corporations sure. and way too hostile. I agree to completely. Yeah. And and yet and so we see two we don't see two facets of the same bill. We see two radically different realities. Yep. And and there's no way to bridge those two. Nope. I want to go back to something you just said though about David Brooks and not listening to the base and just using them. Because I think yeah. that's the the Republican Party and the Republican leadership is in large response in large part responsible for this eruption. Not yeah. just because they've fed it and certain elements within the Republican leadership, including Glenn Beck and including John Boehner, have fed this anger. But people get angry like this when they feel they haven't been heard. Yes. And the thing is, the people that haven't heard them, the people that haven't been listening to the Republican base, are the Republican leaders. Yes. When when you get this kind of vicious anger up on the right about abortion, uh-huh. Karl Rove never wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Of course not. Which is a cash cow for the GOP. Absolutely. So that, there's and there's no reason a, why would you why would you turn that faucet off? You never but, would. But ask a, ask a Republican leader, you know, yeah. behind closed doors. Are you willing to throw women in prison yeah, yeah. for having an abortion? As they have done in certain Central American countries. Are Central you willing America. to? Because that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you're really talking about making an well, abortion. And, no, and there was a wonderful video on YouTube of, of asking protesters on the street that, uh-huh. which is if we overturn Roe v. Wade and a woman gets an abortion, are you willing to imprison her? Oh, no, I want to pray for her. Right. Well, but if you make it illegal, don't <laughs> you understand that illegal means consequences? Illegal. You know, it, what are you going to do? Fine her? What? What? You know, what are exactly. the consequences of what you're actually yeah. proposing? But I thought this was a moral absolution. You know, Karl Rove called the evangelicals on the con- weekly conference call with the president the crazies. Yeah, and he yeah. and they clearly, knew that. clearly had contempt for them. Well, so and, and if what this if, segment of the De- Republican Party is a joke to the leadership. And they have nowhere else to go but to stay within the Republican Party if they're going to maintain the facade of actually having someone agree with them. Yeah. Uh, they're going to explode in other ways. And uh, the vicious calls that Stupak has been getting in the past 48 hours uh, are a result of that. It's it's. Uh, well, they, they've been fed a series of moral absolutes. Yep. In, and somewhere in their brains, they reconcile... Whatever the hell an activist judge is, I believe it means interpreting the law in a way you don't agree with, with, uh, with intervening in the Terry Schiavo case, or with the Supreme Court deciding um, in favor of George Bush and intervening in states' rights. Those are all okay. Those are all, you know, the most activist things governments have done in terms of intruding into individual people's lives or violating state rights have been done by Republicans for electoral gain. And the people who've been told that it's morally it's absolutely morally evil to do certain things. I've been perfectly willing to let their own party do them as long as they won. But now they've lost. That's the problem. They were told it is morally um, indefensible to have health care reform. It is the destruction of your country. It's against God. Yeah. It's against God, and it's going to ruin everything, and they're going to take your freedom away. And they're going to... I don't know if you get these emails, Blue Gal, about you know, what, what liberals and conservatives believe from conservatives. 
I just read them and I shrug. You know, apparently liberals literally want to kick your door down and take all your guns away. Want to ban meat? Want to force you to like homosexuals by law? Yeah. And yeah. there's a whole long, and I, I don't, I, I just, I find it really hard tolerating the idea that there are 30 million Americans or so who actually believe every word of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they, and they, and they were told if you just stick with us, we'll stop the evil from rolling over this country. And they lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now what do you do? And who do you turn to? And, and how, how are we going to fix this? And that's why you have, you know, the lunatics saying, you know, better bricks because, you know, bricks mean we don't have to start, you know, pulling, putting the bayonets on our guns and take to the streets. That, Cause that's what they're doing. They're calling, they're, they're about two syllables short of calling for armed insurrection against a completely fictional enemy <laughs> and a completely fictional problem, um, that we on the left perceive of as a highly compromised center right <clears throat> sellout to the insurance company. Yep. Yep. Atrios just tweeted, anyone remember the angry left? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm a member in good standing of the angry left. Oh, yeah. Well, anybody with a long memory remembers the angry left. Well, remember, pa I remember Pat Paulson. Yeah. You know, the Democratic I... Party is deeply fragmented. We have the old left, the new left, and what's left? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it hasn't it hasn't changed all that much. That's why I, w I wanted to bring this up, is this has a strong, consistent historical context yeah. that we have to uh, acknowledge. And I know I keep saying take a deep breath, but well, it's, if, we, if, we're, if we're going to live to fight another day, uh -huh. if you think the battle's over and we can just torch the crops, uh -huh. <laughs> and, you know, we're done here, or, you know, if you want to go live in a yurt and abandon the political process, fine. You know, there are people who just throw up their hands and say, I'm done. And, you know, I I, I have a certain amount of sympathy for that. Uh, if you're completely burnt out, I you know, there's sometimes there's just nowhere to go. But if you're going to stay in the fight, uh, do you really think we're done here? And are you really going to burn the crops at this point? We We have to fight another day. And uh, in order to do that, we have to have some bridges in order to get somewhere. <laughs> well, there, uh, there's, a, there's a quote, I think it's by Max Weber, mm -hmm. who said, politics is the strong and slow boring of hard bores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes both passion and perspective. Yeah. And, and I would much rather be uh, compromising yeah. with Bernie Sanders and Dennis Kucinich yeah. than with... You know Steve King and Michelle Bachman. <laughs> yeah, and and the hard, the really hard part is that we're not, you know, it's not an issue. It's not one single issue. It is. There are lots of issues that you know that we'll all get together on. But we, we're, what's hard is we are responsible for turning the whole trend around. Yep. To turning an entire cultural trend away from um, the oblivion that the right offers, the the fall into fascism the right offers, and. We've been trained for so long to only think in this particular box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why, you know, the, the idea that Tom Friedman and his goofy ass. Oh, it's radical centrism. Radical centrism. <laughs> if only I had a tea party, you know, without, that was, without, without nuts. Without the nuts, yes. Yeah. And that's why every column by David Brooks is like every other column by David Brooks. Yeah. Because yeah. they have, they have, they're training, they're, they, they have trained themselves and, and their, their readers are trained to think only in a certain box. Yeah. 
And outside the box, there's nothing. And the inside the box is you just have, whatever the issue is, you must always compromise to the right. Yeah. Yep. And and we've been moving down that path for so long that you really turning, get tired of it when you're on the left. Just wait a minute. Yeah. 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 And and it's it is easy to throw up your hands over. Um, I'm sorry. It's the strenuous slow drilling hard boards. I think that's right. Um, it's easy to throw up your hands and just say, forget it. You know, this people are nuts. The country's doomed. Mm-hmm. Um, and walk away from it and go do something else. And you know, and sometimes that is the answer. I want to bring up another phrase from the Pat Paulson era, and that is the silent majority. Nixon's silent majority. Well, and that's what everybody said. It was Nixon's silent majority until Walter Cronkite came out and said, (laughs) this war isn't winnable, people. And all of a sudden, the silent majority said, wait a minute. I'm I'm not going to send my kid to this war, you know, or... um, Walter said that? Really? Walter? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? This is really that bad over there? And uh, I think this week is uh, is a very good thing in 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 terms of the silent majority. You know, the people that sit in church and go, well, you know, both sides do it. Well, both sides don't throw bricks through congressional windows. Oh, sure. And both sides, no, both sides don't spit on congressmen. And oh, yeah. Both, you know, this is this news coverage. Unless you only watch Fox, and I'm really terrified of the people that get all of their news from Fox. You know, this is a very good week. In ter- if if you're outside of that box, recognizing just how crazy these people are, uh-huh. and turning that mirror a little bit to the left of saying, "Look, you know, really, this is this really where you want to go with this? You may not like Obama, but." Yeah. You know, okay, and you can still dislike Obama and like the fact that your donut hole is being closed up <laughs> on your on your meds, yeah. and that your 24 year old is going to have insurance for the next two years. Yeah. You know, those are things that some, there was some comment here. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was. He said, you know, self interest will try will trump ideology in this regard. That when people see that there's things that are actually going to benefit them personally. Yeah. Uh, they still don't have to like Obama. No, no. But you know, some of the things he does, he did. I've got to agree with. Yeah, that was okay. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm glad I don't have to start paying three hundred dollars a month for pills on Halloween. In, in every, um, in every argument, uh, it's never smooth. There, there's a there are moments when there's a discontinuity when when something breaks and you can sort of see. You know, peek behind the curtain and see what's going on. And and we we are at one of those moments now where um, the 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 dynamic that was created by a year's worth of of uh, town hall meetings and screaming and yelling and ranting is broken. Um, and we're about to move on to other issues. Um, please remember. You know, what we all said three or four years ago, that it's going to take a generation to clean up the mess the Bush people left behind. Mm-hmm. And part of the mess they left behind was our politics. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. I also w- went back, and I'll I'll post it later this week, uh, the scene in Manhattan, the Woody Allen movie, where uh, they're at a cocktail party, and this blonde, played by Twiggy, actually, <laughs> Uh, said, you know, I finally had an orgasm, but my, I don't know whether it was therapist, I think it was therapist, my therapist said it was the wrong kind. 
Woody yeah. Allen sort of looks at her, and there's wonderful, wonderful timing. <laughs> you know, he just uh-huh. has such, he just, his eyebrows go up, and he kind of looks at her, and he processes that. <laughs> and then he says, really? Because my worst one <laughs> was right on the money. <laughs> And yeah. I, you know, and I, I think about that in terms of this White House and victory, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of liberals running around going, oh, but it's not the right one. You know, yes, it's, it's not good enough. It just wasn't the perfect. Oh, but yeah, and, and a win is a win, people. Did you want Rush to win? Did you want well, Max yeah. to win? Did you want what were your choices? Boehner to win? Is this, you know, did you want it to and you know, for some, yes, they did. They wanted this bill dead, and that's that's everyone's prerogative to have that that feeling. Uh, sure. If that's what if that's where you are, that's not where I am. So absolutely, and 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 you and I, uh, well, the theoretically you, not the blue gal and I, but you mean you mean sellouts? Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah. No, the purists and I could sit down. Uh, on my on my very big on the big castle table, the one that's you know twenty feet long and thirty feet wide, mm-hmm. and all the all the knights sit around it when we sit and tell dirty jokes and <laughs> pull my finger jokes all night long. Um, and we can sit down at that very big table and take out two long lists about all the things that are wrong with the health care bill, mm-hmm. and our our lists would probably be awfully close to each other. Mm-hmm. And then I would take out a list of all the things that are right, which is a fairly short list but a really important one, mm-hmm. and. I, we could agree that you know, drugs, uh, drug benefits should never have been negotiated away. That we should have started with single payer universal health care. Right. Uh, that there needed to be uh, just it was it's a deeply deeply flawed bill. Gotcha. Um, and that the president of the United States, for whom I voted happily voted, uh, proudly voted, uh, turned out to be the guy that we in Chicago all kind of figured he was a a pragmatic, mm-hmm. um, non ideological. Um, Clinton-like, <laughs> way too close to centrist and right of center Democrat. Mm-hmm. He was not the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. And the thing I used to ask um, younger voters uh, who I would come in contact with, who had, you know, this was their first or second political campaign, it's like, okay, what are you going to do when he breaks your heart? Yeah. When he sells you out, because he's going to sell you out. Don't you understand, you know, this is politics. Yeah. It's not a dirty word, but it means that, you know, you're in charge of you're in charge of keeping the ideological fires burning. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of getting shit done. Mm-hmm. In a very big, very fractious, very angry country where Well, in way, a United States Senate that doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, why don't you destroy him? Yeah. And one of the and and he went in naive, and I think he went in thinking he could deal with Republicans at the Senate level, the way or the the congressional level, the same way he could deal with them in Springfield. Yeah, yeah. Play some poker with them, you know, find some areas of common ground, and and any liberal could have told him that was never going to happen. Yeah. He should have known that. It, it, one thing that infuriated me about Obama was that he should have been smarter than to think that he could go into Washington and get anybody to agree with him on anything. Yeah. These are people who have been through a refining process. Yeah. For 30 years to create the perfect, ideologically pure, pig-ignorant, mean-spirited rat bastards who see no percentage in playing nice with anybody and who want to destroy the liberal movement. That being said, <laughs> he did something nobody's done in 100 years, 
And he delivered – and the Republicans – he delivered the Republican Party a defeat that may very well um, unravel them. Yeah. It certainly seemed – the publicity is not good these days. No. For no. the Republican Party. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, and the way they're talking about themselves, the way that people like David Frum, which I'm sure yeah. everybody knows, is is just – David Frum is now sounding like every liberal I know sounded like 10 years ago. Right, exactly. And, right, exactly. And, and they're acknowledging that, oh, my God, you know, the crazy people took over. When did that happen? And, you know – Shock. Yeah, they're sh- <laughs> the, they're, they're the shock. Where shock, did all these crazy people come these from? crazy people are uh-huh. – There are different groups of people in politics, and there are the advocates – and then there are the pragmatists, and the advocates are the ones who want 100% all the time. And if you don't give them 100% all the time, um, you're, a, you're a backstabbing traitor. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you don't give them 100% all the time and you're on their side, you must be a sellout. Mm-hmm. And one and what blogging is, the very first question you asked in this podcast, uh, Blue Gal, was, um, um, is blogging harder now than it was? Yeah. And the answer is, yeah, but only because I'm more tired than I used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way but, too. But it is still the venue that allows us to push back against um, evil. And to have fun. And to have fun doing <laughs> it. And <clears throat> and to say whatever the hell we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be and to use all three hundred thousand of those English words. Exactly. And to be only accountable to our own tastes and um, to our own preferences. That little area is your area. This is my area this is here. My area. This blog. Part is my area. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I want to thank all of the people who've contributed I five bucks to the hat. Just going to say, I want to thank you so <laughs> the much. Starving artists, thank you uh-huh. very much. Uh, we have on our an opportunity to do so on our website, which is dgbg. That's dg for drift glass, bg for blue gal podcast. Blogspot. Com. We have an email address, which is the same thing, dgbgpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We had emails from Ireland this week. We had a couple of great emails of people who went back to our website and listened to several hours of podcasts from from the free player over at the website. And uh, just... (laughs) They weren't sure they hated it after the first hour. No, exactly. Well, they they went back just... I, I love that. It was a lovely email. Thank you so much. It was. And it was. Uh, we love to hear from you. And, and do visit the free player over at the podcast website. You can listen to old podcasts and uh, contribute and have a ball. Yeah. And this has been great. We're recording this late on uh, a Wednesday night. Thursday morning. Um, it's Thursday morning, isn't it? It is. It if you is. wonder why we're tired, it's why Thursday Why we're kind night. of dragging at this point. That's because well, after midnight on Thursday morning. <laughs> Thursday morning. But, <laughs> but here's here's our commitment to you, the customer. <laughs> we we both, I believe it is fair to say, uh, Blue Gale, had very busy days. Yes, we did. We had very busy weeks, very, very long days. Yes. But we, we really enjoy doing this. We, we do. enjoy the feedback we, we really get. Do. It's a gas doing it. We have a lot of fun. And we... We, we like to think we're making a difference for the kids out there. For the kids out there. And it's a lot faster than typing, let me it's tell you. It's faster than <laughs> typing, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you could have the Internet Kitty do it for you. I've done that before. And then she just takes the keys right off the keyboard and they're yeah. gone. I tried letting the cats do the posting. And, you know, some of them are good. But some of them are like, you know, David Broder, not really that bad. Tom Friedman, he might have a point there. Like, get the hell off my keyboard. 
when your cat wrote the one about the sublimity of Peggy Noonan, yes, I knew Peggy it was Noonan. all over. You don't understand. Peggy Noonan speaks in haiku. <laughs> you will never understand her unless you become her, my friend. <laughs> like, what? And then the cat throws up on the cordy and hauls ass across the room. So I can't even rely on the cats to do that. <laughs> but, but not before she pressed publish. Yes. <laughs> Victory is mine! <laughs> and then fled down the hall. So it turns out I can't uh, turn over my blog. You can't turn it over. Well, let's turn over the ending yeah. of this podcast to, a, yes. to the internet. However, so one thing cats are really good really at. Really good at. <laughs> playing us the hell out of these. Play the hell out, Internet Kitty. what we find ourselves wandering into. So, Internet Kitty, could you play us out Yay. one more time? podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gale Podcast.